On today's brand new podcast, we're talking with mental performance coach Emily Williams from Champion Mindset Consulting on how we battle perfection and how we learn to better respond to imperfection, which is the key to success. My name's Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Every Day Podcast, a show designed to help driven people build a winning mindset so they can build their winning life. Welcome to the show. Good morning, competitors, and welcome back to the Compete Every Day Podcast. Jake Thompson here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and excited to start today with you as we talk about a struggle that many high achievers deal with all the time, which is that battle with perfection. How we're aiming for high results, we're aiming for elite standards, but we're going to have to deal with imperfections, with setbacks, with sometimes being a little bit sloppy. And so how do we prepare for those moments going into it? How do we process them afterwards? And how do we set ourselves up for success? That is part of my discussion today with my good friend, Emily Williams from Champion Mindset Consulting. As we dive into today's show, I want to remind you that our small group coaching program through Competitor University is getting to kick off here shortly, and you can join us. All you got to do is head to community.competeeveryday.com. You'll see opportunities to join our community on Mighty Networks or to join our small group coaching program, take part in our monthly coaching calls, have a one-on-one coaching session with me as well as a number of other things to help you this summer stay focused or if you haven't been, get started after your goals. So find out more at community.competeeveryday.com and I hope I'm going to see you on one of our upcoming coaching calls so we can help you continue to show up and compete every day. Now, let's welcome to the show my friend, Emily Williams. Welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, looking forward to today. We've been, man, I've known you for like, it's like five years now. I'm coming up on my five-year anniversary of my wonderful Achilles tear. Yeah. Uh, and rough. so it ha- it, it's been a while, but uh, we're not going to talk about my injury, that horrible process of getting back on my feet. What I want to talk today about is champion mindsets and what it looks like to build a winning mindset. So before we dive in, give me just a snapshot of of what you do today. So what I do, I do mental coaching with athletes and I see athletes of all sports, but the vast majority of the people I see um, are actually gymnasts and dancers. Um, My background was in ballet, so I think that's kind of why, but I love it. Um, And what I do is basically just teach them a bunch of different skills. They all come in for different reasons, but I teach them a bunch of different skills that they have to go home and practice and get really good at. Um, But we start implementing them in their actual practices. We put together pre-competition routines, like mental warmups for them to do um, before they're competing. And basically it's glorified performance enhancement is kind of what I'm doing. And it's a whole lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the athletes you work with. I know just kind of age range. Give me an idea of kind of the ages that you work with primarily. I would say that the 
biggest age is probably around like 12 to 15. I would say that's probably like the biggest. And then high school and college um, would probably be the second biggest. I try not to go younger than 10 ish. And it kind of depends on the kid just really, you know, if they're ready for that type of coaching and they're going to understand everything, but the younger ones, I actually love the 12 to 14 range because they kind of take what you say and they don't question anything. They just do it and they're not too cool for anything and they see crazy results and it's awesome. <laughs> that's oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I, I would imagine that's probably a, a sweet spot range. So tell, how in the world did you get into this? Why, why in the world did you go this route? That's actually a funny story. So that was a very roundabout way of getting to this. I went to college and planned on being a physician assistant. And I actually went to PA school um, and had my own crazy medical issues that popped up. So I had to withdraw. And when I came back, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Right? Like my bachelor's is in exercise science. That doesn't do much for me. And, um, and we had talked about sports psych in college, but I didn't know a ton about it. So I started researching it, um, and seeing the different paths that you can take, um, based off what you want to be doing with the athletes. If you want to do more of what I do, which is like truly coaching versus, um, treating mental health issues would be like the other side. Um, and so once I researched all that, I, applied to new master's programs. And then here we are years later. Love it. Love it. Okay. So, uh, let, let's dive into a little bit. What, what are one of the, I would say one of the bigger challenges that you're seeing consistently from athletes these days? Well, since I work a lot with gymnasts and dancers, what I see very, very often is big struggles with perfectionism and being very critical, self-critical of themselves. So um, I think that kind of comes with the territory because they are scored on every little detail of everything that they do. So it makes sense, but that's probably the biggest. And then your normal like nerves before a competition would probably be second. Yeah. Well, and I think perfectionism is really one of those things that uh, a lot of adults struggle with too. And, and a lot of people pass that age. So let, let's dive into that a little bit because I'm very much under the mindset that it's not really about being perfect, but obviously how quickly and effectively we can respond to imperfection. So in your world, especially in routines and, and things like that, where they're judged on hundred percent perfection, mm-hmm. how do you help them mentally get in the headspace to be okay with the messy part of the process before performance and then preparing for those pressures during performance? Well, I would say, um, it, everyone's a little bit different in how we go about it, but one of the things that I always harp on probably with everybody is just really talking about how the path to success, whatever that is for them is never linear ever. And so, you know, since they are younger, I kind of visually show them some things with my hands and, you know, we talk through like, what is the path to success actually look like? Um, And it goes up and it plateaus and it goes down and it goes up again. And so 
we really, you know, kind of break that down alongside of talking, you know, about how perfect doesn't actually exist. So what they're trying to do is really be as close to perfect um, as possible if it existed, right? And so um, getting them, I would say, to understand those concepts, but then also teaching a lot of reframing because that is huge um, thought reframing and how they're, you know, talking to themselves when they're in practice, when they do make mistakes, um, when, you know, before they start working through all this, it's very, you know, one mistake happens and it's kind of like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't even be a gymnast, you know, like it's kind of like the end of the world. And, and, you know, they do have a lot of high expectations put on them and a lot of pressure. Um, but the reframing is huge. And I, it is one of the skills in my opinion, that takes the longest to get really good at, but I think it also makes the biggest difference. And so once they really get the hang of that, they start seeing significant changes during practice in how they're able to, you know, get back up after they fall. Um, but in regards to competitions and nerves and the pressure, um, there's a whole, whole list of options of relaxation exercises that I go through with them. And it, it does become part of their routine, but they know um, they usually have a set plan to do, you know, specifically for gymnastics, they have a set plan that they would do before each event. They have a set plan that they would do in between events when they're just waiting, when they have the potential to like think ahead of themselves and start freaking themselves out about what they're about to do next. So um, I think having having a plan and being able to show them that they do have control over those things is huge in, in those types of sports. Do you think the, so talk to me a little bit, obviously about having control and building that routine. Cause the routine obviously doesn't feel natural at first. And so you got to keep doing that. It, when do you feel like the athletes start to buy into at least doing that more of that routine, even on their own? Just knowing from a natural standpoint, we may do it once, we may do something twice, and we're like, eh, this isn't clicking the way it's supposed to. Um, what I try to do in the sessions is go through a topic, a session, kind of give an overview of a different type of skill. So they have a variety of things to play with when they're in practice, and some things, you know, you can see changes very quickly with certain skills and then others take a lot longer. So I think it's good to balance both kinds of skills so that they have those things where they see changes immediately when they're at gym and they're like, oh, that worked. That was cool. And then there's other things where it's kind of like, okay, you know, trust me for now, we're going to stay consistent with it. You're going to see the changes later. And, um, and most of them are really good about about doing that. I think I get really lucky because the athletes that I work with are so serious about their sport and they're so driven that they want to do anything that is going to help them reach their goals. And so I think if that was not the case, it would be a much bigger struggle, but I actually have a pretty easy time with that for the most part, which I am thankful for. <laughs> So let me, let me follow up on that because I know part of the, the process on that, uh, of getting them to buy in is building that trust. And so 
initially when you first meet with them, some athletes may be a little more hesitant. What are some things that you do to build trust with your athletes? And I'm asking, cause there's probably coaches listening or other players uh, or other like leaders listening from a corporate standpoint, trying to figure out ways to build trust with their teams. Yeah, I, that's so huge. And whenever I first meet them, their parents are in the room for the assessment. And so it's a very, it's actually kind of funny because it's a very different vibe whenever the parents are in the room. And then the first session when they're alone, um, it's like, sometimes it's a whole new kid that comes in (laughs) in the room. And, you know, I think for the ones that are really quiet, especially knowing that that trust has to be built um, before anything can really truly get rolling, um, I really try to dig into their life outside of the sport um, and talk to them about, you know, just totally other things. Like what do they, what do they like to do in school or what do they do when they're not practicing? And like, how, you know, like, tell me about your family and what do you guys do? And so building that trust on out totally separate from their sport life um, ends up making it a much easier transition going into, you know, talking about the actual skills. And I would say for the ones that are a little bit more, um, you know, hesitant or quiet, it takes, I mean, you know, it varies, but I would say like between like three and five sessions at some point there is like that breakthrough session. I always get so excited because they'll come in and they'll be very quiet for those first couple. And, you know, you got to ask questions and it's kind of like you're pulling answers out. And then they have that one session where they just can't stop talking. And I'm like, we've done it. That was the session. And it's like the breakthrough moment. And so, um, you know, it takes some time, but I really try to get to know them even outside of their sport. Cause they're more than just whatever, like a gymnast, they're more than just that. So that's yeah, what I do. And that's an incredibly important point for just the leader leaders listening in the, in the corporate space of the people that you work with and work alongside are not just payroll. Like they're actual individuals with goals and dreams. And, and we've talked here on the podcast of ways to build that. So it's, it's helpful hearing you talk about it from a different perspective with those athletes switching slight gears here. Uh, let's, let's talk about, sorry, I like accidentally kicked sugar. She's underneath my feet. Um, for those listening, that is my boxer who is sitting in studio today. Uh, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about parents because as you just talked about the kids, a different person in front of the parents, we all were there. How are you managing and helping those around the athlete? So the parents and or friends support staff, because those are just as important and how they're interacting with the individual as it is for what's going on inside the athlete's head. Because a lot of times those surrounding influence what goes on in the athlete's head. That is huge. And it can be very difficult sometimes depending on who it is. Um, Like for instance, like if it's a coach, if they're talking to me about their coach, I may not have direct contact with their coach. Right. And so it makes, it does make it kind of difficult. Sometimes parents are different. Um, because if a kid is telling me something that they're not comfortable saying in front of their parents, then, you know, yes, everything is confidential that we do in the room, but you know, if there's certain things that the parents need to know, like their kid is a minor. And so I do kind of become a little bit of an in-between. Um, but I think what, I end up seeing the most on the parent side, um, and I hate to say this, but is 
it's really just like the pressure coming from the parents and how that's impacting the kids. And so once I learned that, um, I try to communicate with the parents, um, you know, you know, I, I don't know, I would give them like specific things to try, like, hey, they have a meet this weekend. Um, do you mind trying this? And I don't really, you know, come at them and be like, stop doing this, right? Like, that's terrible. I'm never, I'm never going to do that. But like, I'm going to try to give them more ideas of things that would be more helpful or like, try to say this so that we can put her focus here versus, you know, saying something else that's not really helpful to hear before me um, and stuff like that. So giving them tools. Um, I'm actually thinking about one in particular. It makes me laugh. She, she would get so nervous when her daughter competed. So that would, you know, that can always rub off. Yep. <laughs> and so I actually gave the mom tools, like similar skills to do while she's watching to make it easier for her to watch her daughter. And some of the things were like the same things her daughter was using down on the floor before she's competing. And so, you know, I think, yeah, I think giving them tools is like the most helpful thing that I've done. What do you, besides obviously giving them tools, what are things that you've done to, or recommend resources that you recommend for helping those parents in terms of how they're just going through the process, how, how they can help support their athletes and those teams. Do you have any books, podcasts, things you, you tend to, to recommend out? Um, let me think. There is one book I cannot remember the author, but I think it's called mind gym. And yep. that one is, you probably have that, right? Yep. Right. Tiny there. little book, right. It's super fast. Like that's something I've thrown at people. Um, there's a couple other books and I like, cannot think of them off the top of my head. So books. Yes. I, I actually haven't, um, recommended as many like podcasts, but I've recommended some, you know, videos to watch, um, and stuff like that. But I try whenever I do teach the kids something, I actually send notes over like to the parent because it's always their email that's on file right and so yep. it goes to the parents and the parents are actually getting all of the information that their kids are learning and how they're supposed to be practicing and obviously they can take that for themselves as well and they can download that and keep that for ever and so that's that's something that i also try just to tie hand in hand with like the tools and and books and stuff awesome Awesome. Well, for anybody listening that wants to learn more, maybe they've got a kiddo about in that age range and they're just wanting to help them be a little more successful in not only sports, but in, in school and in building that mindset at a young age that most of us wish we had done at a young age. Where is the best place to get connected with you and your work? Um, my website is probably best and that's where all the info is. People schedule appointments, everything is there. So it's just championmindsetconsulting.com and probably second to that would be Instagram and I'm always checking the messages. So that would be another way to get a hold. And you do in person, obviously here in DFW as well as virtual, right? Yes, I do awesome. both. Love it. Love yeah. it. Emily, thank you so very much for coming on the show this week. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.